are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right, all right, a show so good it needs three introductions. Hi, everybody, I'm John. Thanks for joining us here on Winning Ponies. I think we've got a good show lined up for you this evening. We'll start out with some national news and reviews of our recent successes of the past. And then we're going to get on to our guests. we got two good ones. Again, this time of year, let's face it, you'll, you'll look at the... Uh, the stakes reports and uh, the graded stakes aren't really like jumping off the paper at you, uh, but uh, I did manage to f- manage to find a couple graded races down at Gulfstream Park, both of them on the turf. Uh, the boys' edition is the Tropical Park turf, going a flat mile, and then going a mile and a sixteenth for the ladies is the Marshawas River, and joining us for that will be Brian Zipsy. Brian and I are also this time of year, how we kind of like to uh, you know discuss what happened over the year, the highs, the lows. Of course, he always has some uh, interesting irons in the fire. And we'll see how things are are going together with his uh, partnership that he's been putting together. But our first guest, before we get to the handicapping segment of the show, will be none other than multiple award-winning writer Jay Hovday. Uh, I love getting Jay on at least once a year. Uh, he's probably one of the most uh, intelligent uh, writers, and uh, I just re- respect this guy to no end. Uh, he's kind of like the dean of the DRF as far as writing's concerned on the West Coast. And uh, he wrote a year-end report about uh, the a year of highlights, healing grace, and endings and i'll let that story speaks for itself uh with uh jay hovday so uh, really looking forward to having both of those guys on and uh i want to thank again woodbine for helping sponsor winning ponies and want to thank you for tuning in and uh I'll tell you what we're going to be playing some races at gulfstream had a Good week at Gulfstream with our easy win forms here at Winning Ponies. Let's take a look. Five days ago, it was a $1 Super 5 box that paid $2,897. And two days before that, a 50 cent Super 5 key paid $2,849. And at the opposite end of the spectrum, we had Santa Anita where just four days ago we hit a $1 Super 5 key for $2,824. I'm not going to reel off all the easy win form uh, big-ins that we've hit because you can come to our website for free and check them out on a regular basis and know that these are all real picks. If you go back to the easy win forms, you'll see that they were there waiting for you. And I'm not saying they're $2 bets. You probably got to go a little wide. But uh, nonetheless, uh, it's it's a great help. And this time of year, of course, the, the racing spread out all over the place. So get those easy win forms at Winning Ponies. All right. Well, uh, before we get to the case, our guests, let's take a look at the, the national news. Of course, uh, one of the uh, the biggest stories is what's going on in Louisville 
the Kentucky Derby purse has been increased to $3 million. That's an addition of a million dollars to the Kentucky Derby, the greatest two minutes in sport. Going back in time, when I was first going to it, it was a quarter million dollar race. And then from 86 to 90, they added 100,000, $350,000. That was good money. And then 91 to 95, it was half a million. And then in 96, it got boosted up to a million. 2005 to 2018, two million. And starting this year, a $3 million purse. And let me tell you, they also are spreading the wealth around. Now, if you do win the Derby, uh, the runner-up gets 600000 300000 a third, 150000 a fourth, 90000 a fifth. Not too bad, as if the Derby needs purses uh, to keep people excited. Now, the Mile and an Eighth Oaks, which is the Derby sister race, uh, got a quarter million dollar bonus. <clears throat> so it'll now go to $1.25 million. And the race that usually is run just before the Kentucky Derby on that card, the Old Forester Turf Classic, has been doubled from a half a million to a million dollars. So Derby Day kicking it off with some Big, big purses. And again, it's going to go uh, throughout all the stakes, uh, more than $30 million in total prize money, uh, $12 million in stakes, another 18 in overnights. And I'm sure people will be looking for that first condition to come out by Ben Huffman. Now, you all remember Abel Tasman. Well, her racing days are over, but she did go through the Keeneland January. Now, this is the time of year when a lot of people, horses at their end of the career, like her, um, will change hands. Some people are just in it for the racing side of it, but she kind of made her legend on the racetrack. So she brought down $5 million from MV Magnier. That price is the co-highest ever paid for a broodmare at the Keeneland January sale. Uh, not too bad for the connections of Abel Tasman. And uh, he, here's the interesting thing as I read through the story is that she was actually an RNA at Keeneland and uh, went back home in one of the sales. Um, let's see exactly where that was. It just did a button and my screen went crazy. Uh, offered as a yearling in 2015 and was bought back for 65000 Now, of course, she's one of the top this staffers of her generation. She captured six grade one races between the ages of two and four and earned nearly $2.8 million. And she was the champion three-year-old filly of 2017. And if somebody had just bit her up a little bit more at the Keeneland September yearling sale, they might have gone home with her. Well, uh, it's come to a conclusion they caught pretty good weather down there in the Lexington area. So the January Horses of All Ages sale uh, closed today with uh, great results. The highest gross since 2008. Uh, total sales of 46759000 for this four-day auction. And uh, it was the highest since going back to 2008. Eight and it increased 33% going back to last day's four-day sale. So uh, people that got the greens in their jeans are happy to, uh, to go deep to get a good horse, and they uh, spent their money well. 
down in Lexington at Keeneland. Okay, my friend, and she's been on the show before, and none other than Barbara Livingston won her fourth Eclipse Award for photography. Now, Google it if you must. I believe it's on, uh, you know, the Racing Forum and Blood Horse website. And it was just an amazing photo of uh, where she told me to go trying to bite Ferenc Fire in the gallant Bob Stakes at Parks. And I mean, she really captured it. Uh, she was dead on. You can see him trying to take uh, a chunk out of Ferenc Fire. And uh, so Barbara, for the fourth time, goes home with the top uh, photo. And uh, going to have to try to uh, get her back on the show uh, one of these days. And uh, in the feature commentary uh, category, uh, Tim Layden, who's the lead horse racing writer for Sports Illustrated, uh, went home with uh, that media award. He won it uh, one other time, I believe it was back in 1987. And Jeremy Balin, who we've had on uh, several times here, uh, correspondent uh, for uh, the, the Blood Horse, um, was selected for the News Enterprise Eclipse for an article that was published after the tragic San Luis Ray Downs fire. Of course, we called him after that and interviewed about it, but I didn't know that uh, he was going to be winning an Eclipse Award, and that was his first. Going to have to get him back on. And staff writers for the Thoroughbred Daily News, Christy DeBardinas and Patty Wolf, who's a video producer, uh, won the Audio Multimedia Award. I'm sure these are all outlets that you guys uh uh, follow so congratulations uh, to all those and once again NBC selected for the live racing television achievement eclipse for coverage of the 2018 of course the eclipse awards the list of finalists uh, pits justify versus accelerate for horse of the year and uh, we will be checking in with both of our guests to see where they stand on that award of course justified triple crown winner uh what he did in an amazing short amount of time uh you know becoming the first unraced uh, uh two-year-old since uh, the 1800s uh unraced at two justify got the triple crown one so the curse of apollo it is gone We'll see how many years the curse of Justify lives on. So uh, they were finalists uh, for um, <clears throat> the uh, the Eclipse, and we'll get those uh, uh, guests of ours to weigh in on it. Here's good news for everybody, and that is the fact that total wagering on U.S. races in 2018 was up 3.3% from 2017, despite the fact that there was a 2.8% decline in the number of racing held. So uh, the sport still popular uh, to the betting public, no doubt about that. Well, uh, last week we did go down for our races uh, in uh, at Gulfstream Park, and uh, Eric Wing was nice enough to chime in with us. So we will take a look at those races that we handicapped at Gulfstream, starting with the $100,000 Ginger Brew. A lot of favorites were upset on the afternoon. The winner in here, wire to wire, and holding on by a neck. He was challenged all the way, but Brian Hernandez refused to let anybody go by and won with the Eddie Canale-trained Boxwood a daughter of English Channel. Of course, this race seven and a half on the turf, and those English Channels love it. 
Eric's pick and the favorite, uh, Pivotina, uh, who was bumped late, had to settle for the second spot. And in the third spot was the lightly raced Red Rounder. Again, that was the Ginger Brew going seven and a half on the turf. And then uh, also at seven and a half on the turf, we looked at the Kitten's Joy, aptly named race. And the winner in here, 13 to 1, was uh, chasing the leader most of the way, Doug and Gamely. This was a thrilling three-horse photo finish. And Casa Creed with Johnny V up for Bill Mott. Got the job done, 13. To one, in the second spot was the favorite Henley's Joy, a four to five favorite, rallied from off the pace and just missed. In the third spot on the inside, it was Royal Earn, and we closed it out with the Mucho Macho Man, hundred thousand dollars on the line, one mile on the main track, and uh, it was making its third start. Son of Cairo Prince called Mijos, who got up by a neck, rallying from fifth with Jose Ortiz in the saddle. In the second spot, it was Trophy Chaser, who had the lead and got caught. Third, Garter and Tie, four to five favorite, Code of Honor, ended up running fourth. All right, that's a look at the national news and the races we handicapped last week. We're going to take a quick break, and we come back. I hope we're with the legendary... That's right. Jay Havde is going to join us from the Daily Racing Forum. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full field with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right. I was so happy to get a positive response uh, back from Jay Hovday when I contacted him earlier in the week and said, it's been a while since you've been on. Will you join me? And right away, he said, no problem. When do I need to be available? Jay, welcome to Winning Ponies. 
Well, thank you, John. I just sit around waiting for your call, and you finally called me. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I hate to go to the well too often, you know, but uh, I, I love reading you. And uh, I, I will tell you, and uh, you, you can take me at my word by this, that Long Rain, uh, Tales from the World of Horse Racing, is literally one of, one of the most sought-after books. And I'll tell you why. I am constantly seeking after my friends that don't return it. <laughs> that's very good John I like that well have them buy another one that's what I said I said get your own they said why should we get one you got a whole library of this stuff give me Jay's book but I think yeah, everybody like... books are meant to be shared we know that there's not a darn thing wrong with that John and uh, that's very gratifying it is it is and uh, long reign is great because uh, with my short attention span uh, it, it's right there because you have so many chapters and uh, you know you know one that go on women that go on uh, riders uh, that go on uh, you know legends of the sport and while using that term, you know, we're kind of looking back a little bit, and certainly I want to refer back to your story you wrote this week, uh, but we're talking about legends of the sport that are, are no longer with us, and the person that wrote the foreword to your book was none other than Bill Knack, who we lost this year. Yeah, how about that? That was pretty cool that uh, Bill stepped up to write the foreword for that collection uh, of my columns um, published a few years ago. And, uh, you know, Bill is uh, sort of the patron saint uh, of uh, anyone who likes to write about uh, sport. And uh, he was also um, uh, a good friend. And losing him this year was, uh, was sad, but it, uh, as I pointed out when I wrote it in the immediate wake of his uh, passing, that um, it gave everybody a chance to, uh, you know, hit the old uh, Google machine and uh, call up as many of, their, as many of uh, Bill's stories uh, on a variety of sports as possible. So uh, uh, we, we, I certainly tried to, uh, to spin a sad, sad moment into an opportunity for people to really understand what a contribution he made to the written word. Another person that we uh, lost uh, this year uh, that I know was uh, pretty much West Coast based that I had the opportunity to meet a few times and he was so gracious uh, with, with his donations whenever I was putting together a charity event uh, was Fred Stone. I'm guessing you crossed paths with him over the years. Oh boy, I tell you, Fred was uh, was a great uh, a great friend uh, and uh, a colleague uh, in the uh, you know in the in the arts as it were. Um, I, when Fred was doing some of his uh, um, historic uh, pictures, uh, he would do a, a painting of uh, Triple Crown winners, uh, you know, collect three or four of them at a time on one canvas. Uh, he asked me to write just a, uh, just a briefest of uh, sort of an extended caption for the collector's uh, a certificate, and uh, I had the opportunity to do that. Possibly the... Um, the, the the most interesting one I did was was when he did the winner of the 1993 trip uh, Belmont Stakes um, Colonial Affair with the jockey on board, and he thought it was significant uh, that it was a, a a woman named Julie Crone that rode rode the horse, and so he had me do a brief uh, you know biographical sketch of uh, Julie Crone uh, for the collector certificate. Um, of course, after Julie and I were married, that particular painting or print was hanging in our home and she <laughs> took uh, great pleasure in pointing out to me that I'd actually misspelled Julianne 
um, <laughs> on my um, on my certificate. So, you know, no good no good deeds goes unrewarded. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Well, you know, whether you're uh, using the power of your pen or you're on a microphone, you're going to have those slips. It happens to all of us. And uh, what can I say? But yours kind of landed in a very personal way, uh, shall I say. Yep. Now, uh, you and Julie have one daughter or, or is, has there been more? We have one lovely daughter. She just turned 13. Her name is Lorelei. She's a, uh, a budding actress. Um, she is a wonderful writer uh and uh she can um her sports are horseback volleyball golf and tennis very good now i was going to ask you uh did she get as far as her size more of the hove day gene or more of the crone gene will we ever see her in a competitive saddle well let's put it this way at 13 she's already looking down at mom uh, and uh, which you know doesn't put her in a, a small category certainly, but uh, no, I I think that uh, her athletic uh, um, uh, inclinations are going to be toward uh, individual sports that don't have a horse involved. But uh, she's fully uh, fully versed in on how to ride a how to ride a horse, uh, doing just about anything. Well, that's great. Well, she, she certainly doesn't have to go far to to find a good teacher. Um, uh, Jay. If, if you would, can you kind of recapsulize, and I will draw people to the Daily Racing Forum to, to read the whole story, but it was just kind of a, uh, you know, it was kind of like uh, you kind of throwing darts at the year and coming up with different events uh, uh, that you as a writer had to uh, uh, record during the year. Uh, you know, of course, it started with the, the Eclipse Awards and the, the Pegasus World Cup in January, and then we uh, moved through there. And... Uh, Part of the story um, comes upon uh, two jockeys that I know you are very, very familiar with, and uh, that's uh, Victor uh, Espinoza and, and Gary Stevens. Uh, you have, I obviously are on a first-name basis with the, these guys, and you've watched them develop into the riders that they are on the West Coast. Uh, what's it like for you talking to them, A, about Victor's rehab and hopeful comeback, and B, about Gary's final farewell. Well, Victor's one stubborn son of a gun, um, and like so many jockeys that uh, were still um, having a, a good career run, uh, to be told you can't play anymore, to uh, to have to leave the game on someone else's terms uh, after an injury is is very hard to swallow. I, we saw it with Lafitte Pincai, we saw it with Eddie Delahousse, we saw it with Jose Santos. We saw it with Julie Crone, and uh, Victor has refused at this point to take no for an answer, and he has rehabilitated himself like a maniac, and um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does make it back, if he's back in the saddle and the starting gate uh, for, uh, uh, for a period of time this year. I have a suspicion that it's going to be kind of like the, um, the Angel Cordero final farewell when he struggled against all kinds of physical uh, infirmities but made it back uh, to to ride a little bit and then finally retired on his own terms but who knows victor could victor has always been a tremendously healthy guy and um, the doctors gave him a lot of more chances because of that and i would not put it past him to uh, to have a, a a final act that is pretty inspiring 
Now, as far as Gary, uh, it was great to see his comeback, and it was great to see his, uh, you know, physical and mental approach to to the comeback. And I, I have had him on the show when he when he first got back in the saddle, and he started picking off those graded stakes races again. But uh, like he, he put in a quote to you, those other retirements were just rehearsals. Uh, who suffered a severe whiplash injury? This is the real that's, thing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and never mind his retirements. He's had as many comebacks as he has had retirements. He just simply won't have a comeback this time. And in Gary's case, he was uh, had been mentally prepared to hang it up for some time. Um, he, you know, was was he was in a situation where uh, he's his personality. He had to be told to quit. Uh, or he was just going to keep going until you know we found him uh, hanging up in his own locker. Uh, I mean, it, it just you know the, the man is relentlessly competitive. He, he doesn't want to be anywhere else but on top of a fast thoroughbred. But now he's been told you can't do that anymore. Uh, you're risking you know the 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 ultimate kind of injury. Uh, and um, and I think he's very comfortable. He's very frustrated right now because he. Has had his surgery postponed uh, to correct the uh, uh, the dangerous uh, fracture in his neck, but um, once that's completed, I think um, he's going to be uh, comfortable and and deal with the the, the next chapter in his life, uh, which is going to be no more jockey. Well, again, as intelligent and as well spoken as he is, I can definitely see him doing some television. I think that's a good bet. I think that's a very good bet, John. I. Hope it comes true. Uh, he deserves uh, that kind of platform. He's uh, done it in the past. He's been quite good at it. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed, uh, some uh, some network, some show, uh, some production company is ready to snap him up. Uh, yeah, because you actually uh, penned a few uh, uh, editions of uh, Luck, as I recall. And uh, I believe Gary was one of the uh, the actors in that. So, uh, you, you know, you're kind of close to to his talents. Well, listen, while, we're, while I've got you and you, you so much uh, are entrenched in, in covering what's happening on the West Coast, um, what – how do I put this – where do you think Corey Nakatani is? It, it sounds like in his heart he wants to, but I'm not sure his body's going to let him make the return. H- have you talked to him about how he's dealing with that decision? Uh, John, I haven't spoken with Corey for several months, um, so I really can't uh, give you an update. He he uh, he did suffer a uh, post-surgical infection that was uh, quite uh, 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 well, it's quite dangerous, quite frankly, and uh, he's gotten past that. Uh, there are probably some insurance and some legal things going on that uh, we're not privy to. Um, you know, Corey is is the kind of guy. If if the body is willing, uh, he he's he's a physical specimen. I mean, he's always been one of the most um, purely athletic jockeys out there. So even at his age and in, uh, in uh, his late forties. If he's able to, he'll he'll come back. I don't have any doubt about that because he always hits the ground running. Um, and we'll just have to wait and see. Um, he's on everyone's uh, kind of to-do list as uh, reporters to touch base with him from time to time. And uh, so hopefully we'll be hearing some news uh, not too not too distant future. Yeah, I still can't figure out why he's not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I believe he's ridden 119 Grade One winners. Uh, is is it that you've got to win a bunch of Triple Crown races to get anybody's attention? 
Well, uh, that helps. I mean, look at uh, Calvin Burrell. No one even uh, dreamed of him being a, uh, a Hall of Fame candidate, um, except his immediate circle and family, until he won his third Kentucky Derby in, what, four or six years, I believe. And, um, yeah, and, and that's, that has a, a magic to it that uh, seems to, to unlock, the, unlock the doors sometimes. But, but Corey's been on the ballot, and uh, he'll be on the ballot again. And uh, his record is there for everyone to see. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't. I'd like to think that he'll get there someday. But uh, you know, there's over 200 people that are going to be you know, voting on it uh, at any given time. So uh, we know how uh, elections can uh, surprise us. All right. Well, again, if you had tuned in late, we're talking with Jay Hovday. And Jay, I, I just wanted to ask you. Um, you know, as kind of the dean of the DRF writers, what's what's a day in the life of uh, Jay Hovday? Does anybody call you and say, "Hey, I want you to cover to this this story," or do you call them and say, "Hey, I've got a good story. I want to cover it"? Well, uh, let's see. First, I come down from my ivory tower and I, you know, I check the unicorns grazing in the backyard. And uh, what do you mean a day in the life of Jay Hovde, For God's sake, I'm just a, I'm just a writer like every writer, uh, John. We, you make your calls. Uh, if you, uh, if you're close to a racetrack, you go to it. If there's a big event, you, you, you get on the road for it. Uh, we love it, you know, uh, my family and I, when the horse racing comes to Del Mar, because that's just down the road from us here in San Diego County, but, uh, you know, Santa Anita is the place to be right now, so I'll be up there uh, weekends for, for, the, for the better stakes. You know, I was looking at, you never have to go far for a good story in this game, and if you, if you think it's tough, you're, you're just not paying attention as, as either a member of the media or a fan. Last year, and I just, I just did a quick look at week to week, and I, and I, I looked at how many weekends last year you could have seen either Gunrunner, Justify, Accelerate, Monomoy Girl, Unique Bella, and the one time you could see Enable on the arc. And there were 20 weekends out of 52 that one of those superstars was competing. I mean, if that can't... Oh, and never mind the seven Friday nights that you could tune in and watch Winks run in Australia. Right. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's just... It, the richness of of the of the of the menu of the of the wealth of of superstars and and great entertainment that fans and and horse players can have right now is is unmatched in my you know writing lifetime. So uh, I'm continually energized. Uh, I I I remember you know a time when it was uh, difficult to get a videotape from last week's New York race. Uh, if you knew someone who was taping it in New York and could mail you one, those kinds of days were not that long ago. And now the, the game is in everyone's lap all the time. I just hope people are not uh, taking it for granted because it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great time to be a thoroughbred racing fan. It really is, and uh, uh, for uh, people like uh, you, it uh, racing is a, a fertile field for the, the written word, and uh, you do an outstanding job of uh, harvesting it, shall I say, over the years. And Jay Havday, I wish you many, many, many more years of writing, and I do want to shout this out to everybody. Uh, the book didn't come out this Christmas, but it is an unbelievable uh 
bit of all the writing that uh, that Jay did on so many different levels and topics and people and horses. It's called Long Rain, and I know that all you have to do is Google it, and you'll be able to reach out and get it. It's one of my favorites, and I'm not loaning it to anybody else anymore. Jay, thanks a million for being on the show. John, thanks. Anytime. All right. Watch out. I might take you up on that. That'd be great. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Jay Havde from the Daily Racing Forum went a little bit long, so we're going to take a quick break. and we come back, Brian Zipsy is going to be next on the show. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and back with me, a regular on the show, one of my favorite guests, Brian Zipsy is with us. Brian, how has the new year been treating you so far? Well, even better now. Even better now that I know that I'm one of your favorite guests, John. I'm uh, I'm honored <laughs> to be on the show, and, and thank you for the compliment. Uh, although, after listening to your last guest, I wonder why you have me on sometimes. Someday, maybe I'll be half uh, half the writer that Jay Hobbe is. I thought he'd make a good warm-up act for you. It was was that okay? <laughs> he did well. <laughs> All right. Well, I meant to ask him uh, because I said I was going at the top of the show, and I didn't. So I'm going to get right to it since I'm going to ask you a little bit to maybe, you know, recap the year and, and some of the uh, biggest and best things or maybe some of the surprises that happened is I'm going to jump right to it. What do we do with the Eclipse Award? between Accelerate and Justify. 
you're gonna you're gonna throw me a softball to start, huh? Well, I, you know, I, I think I think the answer is is what the industry really wants. I think most people want to see the triple crown winner rewarded. Justify he he literally ran about three and a half months, which no one loves. But uh, you know, undefeated in six starts, he won the San Anita Derby over a really good horse at the time, and then he sweeps the triple crown months after he made his debut. So there is no wrong answer to your question. I think I know what's going to happen. I think that Justify is going to get the award, and I think that's going to make more people happy than not. On the other hand, personally, if Accelerate got it, I'd be very happy for him. No wrong answer. Accelerate did it over the whole year, didn't he? His first race was in February when he won a stakeout in California. He did it all the way through the Breeders' Cup. He was magnificent in seven starts. You know, even his one loss just looks so much better when you see how good City of Light is. And I remember Accelerate coming up the rail, giving weight in that Oakland handicap, and just missing coming back to get City of Light after he swept past him. That was his only loss in several races. He, he, he won all the big races out in California, and then he came to Kentucky and did it from the 14 hall. A heck of a year for Accelerate, but uh, I think the bottom line is the Triple Crown is the Triple Crown is the Triple Crown. So your horse of the year is going to be justified, John. Yeah, and, and, and I don't believe any Triple Crown winner has ever not been made horse of the year since they had the balloting. And also, I, I kind of look at it, and I can't take anything away from Accelerate, but I, I kind of look at it as what maybe brought the sport to the public, to maybe people that don't normally, you know, watch a whole lot of horse racing, when all of a sudden they found out, wow, Kentucky Derby winner, he's he's racing in the Preakness, let's see if he wins that, and then you had that uh, just uh, Twilight Zone-like Preakness takes <laughs> uh, come to us through the fog, and uh, then the question was, a mile and a half, and he's only been in training this long, he did break the curse of Apollo, does he have the seasoning, there were you know rumors after the Derby, derby about him having a little hitch in his get-along, and so it was kind of like, uh, it was a car, the Belmont was a car crash, because you, you, you had to stop and look at it you had to go oh my god what's going to happen in here and even though there was uh, some what i believe was uncalled controversy uh in, in the belmont i don't think there's any tag team and going on uh that he proved that he could go a mile and a half and and i, and I think he, let's face it there's also a business side to the decision to retire him he has a lot of owners and the fact that uh, he he did show that he was going to need time off, and when he came back, I believe there's a little I'll call it filling for lack of a better word, and they realized, boy, by the time we gear him up, what's left for him to prep, you know, for the Breeders' Cup, and do we want to leave him leave the sport with a black eye? And I, I, they almost had to make the decision they did. Yeah, I think you're touching on a lot of points there. Um, no problem for me that they retired him. I understand it. As a fan, I wish he was around. I wish he raced oh, more yeah. than those six races of the Belmont. Uh, who brought in more fans to the sport or who temporarily brought in more fans? Who, who became a household name? It's a zillion to one in favor of Justify, but I don't think that matters for the Eclipse Award. I, I don't think it's that kind of award. I think it's an industry award that should go to the most deserving horse. Again, I don't think there's a wrong answer between Accelerate and Justify. 
but hey, if you if you, if you if you want to open the door to some news stories, maybe the Triple Crown winner being denied the Horse of the Year might actually be more news than than the other way around. I, I I'm just throwing <laughs> it, that out there, but I, I probably justify people seeing justify gets the Horse of the Year, and they'll say, oh yeah. That's good, but who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe a controversy of Accelerate winning the Horse of the Year would uh, open open a little more excitement. We're trying to get these older races like the Pegasus and and other races that are talked about uh, getting a little bit more play out there, becoming more uh, mainstream sports at least people know about, and and uh, maybe something like that would uh, would have a little bit of benefit. I don't know. Well, you know. If anybody wants to bet me, I'm going to bet Justify is going to get it. So feel free to contact me at the station. <laughs> but, uh, Agreed. Agreed. Um, other, other <clears throat> looking back over the past 12 months and 10 days, um, what were some of the other uh, stories, races you saw, uh, horses, jockeys, and anything that kind of uh, comes to the top? I know you you do do a lot of uh, writing for uh, Horse Racing Nation. I'm trying to think of some of the stories you've penned. Uh, what are some of the ones that kind of looking in the rearview mirror uh, will make uh, 2018 a memorable one uh, for Brian Zipsy? You know, it, it, it's interesting. I, I, first off, I've seen five horses win the Triple Crown in person. That's that's the most I could have possibly seen in my lifetime. I've been lucky enough to be in person at the Belmont Stakes five times when a horse won the Triple Crown, and that wow. never gets old. Um, the excitement there, and I actually went out into the grandstand to watch the Belmont this year, which uh, which I hadn't done for American Pharaoh, and it's it's palpable, John. It's something that you get goosebumps you'll never forget. You get rowdy out there with everybody, and it's it's just an experience of a lifetime. So obviously that is the story of the year. But I have to tell you, and, and this is this is kind of a convoluted story here. But I I live not too far from Churchill Downs. I live about 25 minutes away. So always good news when the Breeders' Cup is here in Louisville. And and I uh, lucky enough to have a house uh, just barely big enough for a few visitors to come in. So I had about six or seven friends during the week stay with us for the Breeders' Cup. One of them came all the way from England, and to see this. This guy, who hasn't been a racing fan nearly as long as I have, the emotion he brought over uh, prior to, you know, days prior, how excited he was just to see Enable uh, running in the Breeders' Cup. And then, and then it just all worked out perfectly. We saw Enable out on the turf course in the morning. And then yes. what she did, battling for victory... I the the amount of motion that that gave that gentleman, my friend Mark, it, it touched me because you know sometimes when you've been around this sport for decades like we have, sometimes you lose that. And to see how just emotional he was when Enable uh, fought off Magical there in the Breeders' Cup turf, that that'll be a race that I remember for a while for 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 several reasons. And and I, I guess if we're talking about Enable, we got to talk about Winks too, right? Yes, yes. You know, a lot of people forget about that. If you don't stay in line and, and keep it in there, they don't realize that uh, there is an absolute super, super horse on the other side of the pond. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I enable, and the good news is what I enable is she's probably going to come back and, and, and make a third attempt at the arc and, and a second attempt at the Breeders' Cup turf. And then you got Winks, this, this, this juggernaut. She's won 29 in a row. She's won, I mean, the Cox Plate is a huge race in Australia, and for her to win that four straight times is just crazy, unheard of. Never happen again. She's probably going to go for five. She's doing well and coming back again. Uh, in 2019, and, and John, the Vox Populi is something that I'm a, a little bit connected with. She never ran in America, and she was uh, basically an American award winner, getting getting the most popular horse, the people's horse. Winks won that award, and, and I think that's an amazing story in and of itself, and, and it kind of shows that, like Jay was saying a little bit, you know, racing is so much more available than than even even 15 years ago, and certainly when we were young, and, and to see Winks's story and to see it unfold, how it unfolds in America, I think that's a great thing. It really is, and amazes me in this day and age, because you know while a stallion can have as many as well in this day and age, a good one, 120 offspring, Winks is only going to have maybe 10 if she's lucky, and the fact that. They're even pondering another season. I guess uh, sportsmanlike is a not a word big enough to say what her connections are doing. I think they just enjoy rewriting the history book. Yeah, you know, she she could have one fall a year at the most. So uh, there, there there certainly is a lot of money still when we're talking about a horse like Winks or Enable. But she's winning a lot of money each and every year, and. and I, I think they are. I've never been there, but I think everything I've seen and heard and and read is that they really are horse racing crazy uh, down there in Australia. So I, I think they're just, uh, I had the opportunity to meet the trainer and jockey uh, once, uh, and uh, I know how important she was to them a couple years ago even. And, you know, it's just just a great story. And, and the owner, they, they want to, they want to keep it going, and I, I could totally understand that. That's uh, that's something that uh, once in a lifetime isn't nearly enough to explain what Winks is to Australian racing. All right. Well, we're reviewing uh, 2018 with Brian Zipsy. I got to pay some bills, so we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. <laughs> Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. 
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. If I had a million dollars technical difficulty. Again, uh, we were just going to handicap two races at Gulfstream. They're the only uh, graded stakes races on Saturday. Uh, the, the Tropical Park Turf, uh, without a doubt, the horse to beat in there is heart-to-heart. This is an eight-year-old son of English Channel, absolutely loves the turf. 14 wins from 31 starts, 1.9 million in purses. Julian Leperu, the regular rider for Brian Lynch, will be up definitely be a big target on heart-to-heart's back. The only two logistic horses that look like they got a shot are drawn down along the rail, and that would be VC, a Mike Maker trainee, a son of Warfront, and another son of Warfront called White Flag. But uh, heart-to-heart, the one to beat in the Tropical Park turf. And then in the Marshall's River, another grade three race, this one's pretty much wide open. The tepid favorite is a French bread called La Signière, uh, who has won a grade three but hasn't been out since July. Brian Lynch trains Jose Hortiz in the saddle. The two biggest challengers on the inside, Belavai at 7-2, to two, and on the outside, Monte Cristo at 4-1. to one. Well, sorry about the technical difficulties, but I hope you enjoyed uh, both Brian Zipsy while he was with us and the uh, writer extraordinaire, Jay Havday. I'm John Engelhart. You've been listening to an abbreviated version of Winning Ponies. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.